0: Hi. Thank you for being here today. For the first time in history, enlightenment is available to all of us. I believe so many folks today are ready to experience enlightenment. I also believe that folks would like to experience more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. If that describes you, well then, welcome to the Kate T. Benson podcast, where I, your host, Kate T. Benson, provide straightforward, actionable information about achieving enlightenment and experiencing more good and less bad along the way. The focus of my first three episodes was to provide a super simple set of instructions for experiencing enlightenment and for experiencing a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad along the way. And it turns out that both of these goals, reaching enlightenment and experiencing more good and less bad along the way, are both about identity and reframing your identity. And our focus today is on unique potential, which is a part of your identity. To talk about unique potential, first we'll need a little background on identity, which was the focus of the first episode. So in the first episode, I explained that I did my masters at A&M focused on identity and that out of the hundreds of thousands of pages I've read on the nature of identity, the best way I've come up with to summarize it is that your identity is all the answers that you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice in Alice in Wonderland. You remember that? The Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And I suggested that grown-up Alice might say, oh, who are we? Well, we're a partnered mother, researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. The takeaway being that all of those things, being a partner, a mother, a researcher, a part-time firefighter, and a stamp collector are all a part of Alice's identity, that each one of those things is a part of Alice's sense of self, or what it means to Alice to be Alice. I also gave a little background in the first episode on some ways of thinking about identity from psychology and business. If you're interested, you can check those out in that first episode. But I'm going to mention briefly some of what I talked about before for identity and spirituality, which is the ego. And just to clarify what I'm describing about the ego, it's more so the descriptions that are used when folks are talking about the ego in the spiritual landscape as opposed to psychology. Where in psychology, if you mention ego, you're generally talking about Freud and the superego and the id and stuff like that but I mean something different here. For our purposes here, when I say the ego, I'm referring to the personal I, which is our personal story, or the story that you tell yourself and others about who you are. Meaning when you say, I am this or I'm that, like I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer, the personal I, that's the personal I. The personal I also includes the stories you tell yourself about how you're feeling and what you're thinking. Like, I'm feeling sad or I'm happy. All of that, that's your ego. And that's your ego-based storyline. So that's just a little summary background on some ways of thinking about identity. And that's all the background that we need for today on identity. But before we get to the heart of today's show, which is on unique potential, in the last episode, I introduced something called the Yahida self. The Yehida self is an ancient secret from Kabbalistic mysticism. And it is the ultimate more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. Or the ultimate in self-improvement. A super simple one-sentence summary of Yehida is that your Yehida self, it's your truest self. So, Most of the time, we're living according to our ego-based storyline. Our ego-based storyline includes all the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are, like I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, and all the stories that we tell ourselves about what we're thinking and how we're feeling, like I'm uncomfortable or I'm sad and I'm tired. And the ego is mostly driven by fear and jealousy. And it worries a lot about what others think and about not being as good as others. But our Yehida self, our truest self, is the, self, the part of ourselves that's rooted in God. And that part of us is not worried about whether it's as good as others. It's not worried about what others think, and it's not driven by fear or by jealousy. And our Yehida self, it does have its own storyline, and it's entirely separate from the ego. And that storyline is the story about you that's told by the part of you that's actually rooted in God. And what that means is that the Yahidah storyline or the Yahidah script, it's your storyline, but from the part of you that knows exactly who you are and exactly what you're here to do. So when we tap into our Yahidah self, we transform from orienting from a place of ego where we're worried about what others think and whether we're good enough. And instead, when we revolve around our Yahida self, we revolve around a center where we know exactly who we are and exactly what we're here to do. And also in the last episode, I explained how we transformed from an ego-based storyline to following our Yahida script. And I explained the trick to getting underneath the ego Super simple one-sentence summary, the trick to getting underneath the ego is to look at it, and that's because the ego is pretty much like a PEZ dispenser. There's lots of different types of flavors of PEZ, but the PEZ dispenser doesn't care what flavor of PEZ it dispenses, and the ego is totally the same way, but with identity, meaning the ego just wants an identity. In other words, the ego is happy so long as it has some set of answers to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice, who are you? But the ego doesn't care about the specific answers. In other words, your ego doesn't care about your identity, about your story, which is pretty much what we all think matters, right? Our story It's who we think we are. Well, before enlightenment, it's who we think we are. But the ego just cares that it has a story. Again, the ego doesn't care about the specifics of your story, it just wants a story. And once you see this, that the ego just wants a story and that it doesn't really care about your story, the ego loses its grip on you. And the result is that some space appears between you and your ego. And with that space, you essentially make space for your Yahida self. Because your Yahida self is, is powerful. It's, it's very powerful. It's just not clamoring for your attention like the ego is. And it's generally not possible to hear it over and above the noise of the ego. But once you look right at the ego and you see it for the identity Pez dispenser that it is, that it just needs an identity, and that it doesn't even care about your identity, about your story, then the ego gets very quiet. And when the ego goes quiet, then we have to get accustomed to that quiet. Eventually we experience that quiet as something that we've been looking for, But at first, the hardest part in learning to listen to your Yahida self is actually learning to experience the quiet that happens when the ego stops clamoring for our attention. And once you learn to sit in that quiet, then you start to hear your real voice, your Yahida self. And your Yahida self, it knows your purpose. It knows exactly who you are and exactly what you're here for. And it doesn't worry about any of the stuff that the ego worries about, like whether it's as good as other people. And once you know your purpose, you reorient your life around who you really are and what you know matters to you. And so much of what you think matters, it doesn't matter anymore. There is an unbelievable clarity that emerges and your life reorients around this newfound clarity. And there is a feeling of quiet and peace and a sense of purpose and direction. And all of that is a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad with very significant improvements in quality of life on a day-to-day basis. And that is all the background that we need on our identity and on our Yahida self. So the heart of today's show is on our unique potential, which comes from our Yahida self. Each of us has a unique potential. And with our unique potential comes a unique responsibility. In other words, We all truly are special snowflakes, but we are all special snowflakes with a job to do, a job that is ours and ours alone. No other can be who we are and no other can do what we can do. No other can do what our unique potential is here to do. And unlike many of our actual jobs, where I think most of us feel replaceable and that what we do doesn't really matter, the job that we're really supposed to be doing is the job that only our unique potential can do, the job that only our special snowflake was designed for. And when we're doing the job that only our special snowflake was designed for, we're not feeling replaceable we feel appreciated and valued, and like we're doing something that only we can do. So how do we realize our unique potential? Well, we realize our unique potential through physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual development. Now the spiritual dimension is about the big questions in life, like our meaning and purpose and why we're here. I think it's really cool that we don't have to be taught to be interested in the big questions in life, like why we're here and what is my purpose. We're just born wanting to know those things. And wanting to know those things is a natural part of everyone's development. Human beings just have an innate desire to explore the spiritual dimension and the big questions in life. In fact, this is so true that exploring the spiritual dimension in life is necessary for all of us who want to experience well-being. Well-being is one of those ideas that's a little difficult to define, but you know it when you see it and you know it when you feel it. Most of what we know about well-being comes from positive psychology and Martin Seligman's PERMA model, and the PERMA model stands for the five things that are required to experience well-being which are positive emotion engagement positive relationships a sense of meaning and a sense of achievement so the p stands for positive emotion which includes feelings like joy love compassion and gratitude and the e stands for engagement which is like flow. It's living in the present moment and being entirely focused on the task at hand. Engagement happens when we find the perfect combination of challenge for our current skill level or strength. The R stands for positive relationships, which in the PERMA model refer to the feeling of being supported, loved, and valued by others. The M stands for meaning. Meaning is closely related to purpose. When we get a sense of meaning from something, the reason why is usually related to something about our purpose. We can complete the following statement. I get a sense of meaning from X because my purpose is Y or part of my purpose is Y. For example, I get a sense of meaning from doing this podcast because part of my purpose and my unique potential and unique job or responsibility is to help bring this information to y'all. Where we find our meaning or purpose in life is different for everyone. We can find it at work, through our work interrupting the status quo, perhaps with the environment or social justice or in advocacy work more generally. We can also find meaning in our devotion and practice of our spiritual beliefs, our our religious beliefs, and with our hobbies, or our general involvement in the community, and of course, our involvement with our families. We all need a sense of meaning, and we all search for a sense of meaning. And we do this because the need and search for a sense of meaning is just One of life's primary drives or motivations, the search for meaning. And when we're following our meaning and purpose, that's the stuff that gets us out of bed in the morning, excited to start the day, not just because it's time to go to work. Okay. And the A stands for accomplishments or achievements, a sense of accomplishment or achievement happens when we know that we've done something that was really challenging and that we nailed it. An accomplishment is really about achieving our goals. It's having the passion and drive to set goals and the stick to accomplish what we set out to achieve. We want to set goals that are informed by our values. And we want to set goals that are smart. And SMART stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Setting SMART goals is super simple one-sentence summary of SMART goals is that we want to set SMART goals because we want to know exactly what it is that we want to accomplish, and we want to know for sure that we've accomplished what we set out to accomplish And the way to do that is by setting goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. I mentioned values. We also wanna set goals that are informed by our values. So think back to the statement I gave of, I get my sense of meaning from X because part of my purpose is Y. And I said that I get a sense of meaning from doing this podcast because part of my purpose and my unique potential and also my unique job or responsibility is to help bring this information to y'all. And while I have a number of values that motivate me to bring this information to y'all, one of the biggest is education. Education is just really important to me. It's something that I value. And I have a number of goals related to getting information out there about, for example, your unique potential. And in part, those goals are motivated by my value of education. So ultimately, our values spring from our true self, our Yahida self. And when we're working on things that we value, that gives us a sense of meaning and purpose. All of which contributes to our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual development, which is how we experience well-being. And being who we really are, our true self, our Yahida self, it's meaningful, but it's also a lot of fun. Oh, I want to mention that in a future episode, I'll talk about something called core capacities. Core capacities are fundamental human abilities, meaning they're cornerstone abilities. A cornerstone is the first stone that's set in a building, and all the other stones are set in reference to it. So core capacities are cornerstone skills. They're the skills that underlie all of our other skills meaning that the rest of our development depends on us developing our core capacities. And so I mention core capacities now because our spiritual development, which is central to the development of our sense of meaning and purpose and well-being and learning to live our values, our spiritual development is interconnected with our physical, emotional, and mental development and our physical, emotional, and mental development is accomplished through developing our core capacities. But I'll save all that for a future episode. Okay, quick final summary of unique potential. We all truly are special snowflakes, but we are all special snowflakes with a job to do, meaning a job that is ours and ours alone. No other can be who we are and no other can do what we can do, meaning no other can do what our unique potential is here to do. And our unique potential comes from our yehidah self, which is the part of us that is rooted in the creator. And our values spring from this part of us, our true self, our Yahida self. And when we're working on things that we value, that gives us a sense of meaning and purpose. All of which contributes to our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual development, which is how we experience well-being. And being who we really are, our true self, our Yahida self, and manifesting our unique potential, And fulfilling our unique responsibility, doing the job that only we can do. It's not only meaningful, it's also a lot of fun. And that is what I had to share today about our unique potential. And that is the heart of today's show. So to recap. Today at the outset, I talked about the fact that for the first time in history, enlightenment is available to all of us, and that not only can we all experience enlightenment, but that we can experience a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad along the way. And I said that the focus of this podcast in general is helping folks reach enlightenment and experience a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad along the way to enlightenment. And I mentioned that my goal for the first three episodes was to create a super simple set of instructions for experiencing enlightenment and experiencing a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad along the way. And then I explained that both of these goals are about identity and reframing your identity. And I said that our focus today is on unique potential, which is a part of your identity. So to talk about unique potential, I gave some background on identity which was the focus of the first episode. So in the first episode, I mentioned that I did my master's at a focused on identity, and that out of the hundreds of thousands of pages I've read on the nature of identity, the best way I've come up with to summarize it is that your identity is all the answers you can come up with to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice in Alice in Wonderland. The Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And I suggested that grown up Alice might say, oh, who are we? Well, we're a partnered mother, researcher, part-time firefighting stamp collector. The takeaway being that all of those things, being a partner, a mother, a researcher, a part-time firefighter, and a stamp collector, are all a part of Alice's identity. That each one is a part of Alice's sense of self, or what it means to Alice to be Alice. And in the first episode, I also gave a little background on some ways of thinking about identity from psychology and business. So if you're interested, you can check those out in the first episode. But today, I did mention briefly some of what I've talked about before for identity and the ego. And, I, and it was really just to clarify the way that I'm describing the ego, which is more so the descriptions used when folks are talking about ego in the spiritual landscape as opposed to psychology. Where in psychology, if you mention ego, you're generally talking about Freud and the superego and the id and stuff like that. But I mean something different. For our purposes here, when I say the ego, I'm referring to the personal I, which is our personal story or the story that you tell yourself and others about who you are. Meaning when you say I am this or I am that, like I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer and it's also the stories you tell yourself about how you're feeling and what you're thinking. Like I'm feeling sad or I'm happy, all of that is your ego and your ego based storyline. And that was all the background that we needed uh, for today on identity. And so then I did a little recap of the last podcast where I introduced something called the Yehida self, which is the ultimate more good and less bad along the way to enlightenment. In other words, the Yehida self is the ultimate in self-improvement. Yehida is an ancient secret from Kabbalistic mysticism, and Yehida means unique oneness. And the basic idea is that a part of you, a part of your soul, is rooted in the Creator, literally. And I ask that you pause for a moment to consider just what an amazing idea this is, the idea that all of y'all are actually rooted in God. That there is a part of you that is rooted in God and that that part of you is your true self. A super simple one-sentence summary of Yehida is that your Yehida self, it's your truest self. And what this means is that there is a voice within you that is available to you right now. That is the voice of your true self, of your God self. And I call this the Yehida script. And in the last episode, I explained how most of the time we're living according to our ego-based storyline. And our ego-based storyline includes all the stories that we tell ourselves about who we are, like I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, and all the stories we tell ourselves about what we're thinking and how we're feeling, like I'm uncomfortable or I'm tired or I'm sad. And it's also, it's, or the ego is basically the internal monologue that pretty much runs constantly of comparing yourself to other people. And I said that the ego is mostly driven by fear and jealousy, and it worries a lot about what others think and about not being as good as others. But our Yahida self, like our truest self, the part of us that's rooted in God, that part of us is not worried about whether it's as good as others. It's not worried about what others think, and it's not driven by fear or by jealousy. And I said that our Yahida self, it does have its own storyline, but entirely separate from the ego. And that storyline is the story about you that's told by the part of you that is actually rooted in God. And what that means is that the Yahida script, it's your storyline, but from the part of you that knows exactly who you are and exactly what you're here to do. And so when we tap into our Yahida self, we transform from orienting from a place of ego where we're worried about what others think and whether we're good enough, And instead, we revolve around our our Yahida self. And when we do that, we revolve around a center where we know exactly who we are and exactly what we're here to do. And then I talked about how we do that, how we transform from an ego-based storyline to following our Yahida script. And we do that by getting underneath the ego. The trick to getting underneath the ego, super simple one-sentence summary, The trick to getting underneath the ego is to look at it. And that's because the ego is pretty much like a Pez dispenser. There's a lot of different types of flavors of Pez, but the Pez dispenser doesn't care what flavor of Pez it dispenses. And the ego is totally the same way, but with identity. Meaning that the ego just wants an identity. In other words, the ego is happy so long as it has some set of answers to the Cheshire Cat's question to Alice, who are you? But the ego doesn't care about the specific answers. In other words, your ego doesn't care about your identity. It doesn't care about your story, which is pretty much what we all think matters, right? Our story, it's who we think we are. Well, before enlightenment, it's who we think we are. But the ego just cares that it has a story. The ego doesn't care about the specifics of your story. It just wants a story. And once you see this, that the ego just wants a story, that it doesn't really care about your story, the ego loses its grip on you. And the result is spaciousness, meaning that some space appears between you and your ego. And with that space, you essentially make space for your Yahida self. Because your Yahida self is very powerful. It's just not clamoring for your attention like the ego is. And it's generally not possible to hear it over and above the noise of the ego. But once you look right at the ego and you see it for the identity Pez dispenser that it is, that it just needs an identity that doesn't even care about your identity, about your story, then the ego gets very quiet. And when the ego goes quiet, okay, well, first we have to get accustomed to that quiet. Eventually we experience that quiet as something that we've been looking for. But at first, the hardest part in learning to listen to your Yahida self is actually learning to experience the quiet that happens when the ego stops clamoring for our attention. And once you learn to sit in that quiet, then you start to hear your real voice, your Yahida self. And your Yehida self, it knows your purpose. It knows exactly who you are and exactly what you're here for. And it doesn't worry about any of the stuff that the ego worries about, like whether it's as good as other people. And once you know your purpose, you reorient your life around who you really are and what you know matters to you. And so much of what you think matters, it doesn't matter anymore. There is just an unbelievable clarity that emerges and your life reorients around this newfound clarity. And there's the feeling of quiet and of peace and a sense of purpose and direction. And all of that is a whole lot more good and a whole lot less bad with very significant improvements in quality of life on a day-to-day basis. In other words, Getting in touch with your Yahida self is the most significant, powerful thing y'all could ever do for self-improvement. And that is where we started the heart of today's show, which was on unique potential. And I said that each of us has a unique potential. And with our unique potential comes a unique responsibility. Meaning that we all truly are special snowflakes, but we are all special snowflakes with a special job to do, a job that is ours and ours alone. No other can be who we are and no other can do what our unique potential is here to do. And I said that we realize our unique potential through physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual development. And that the spiritual dimension is about the big questions in life, like our meaning and purpose and why we're here. And I think it's super cool that we're just born wanting to know where to find our meaning and purpose. So much so that exploring the spiritual dimension in life is actually necessary for us to experience a sense of well-being. And I said that well-being is one of those ideas that's a little difficult to define, but you know it when you see it and you know it when you feel it. And I talked about a model from positive psychology, the PERMA model, and PERMA stands for five things, the five things that are required to experience well-being which are positive emotion, engagement, positive relationships, a sense of meaning, and a sense of achievement. Positive emotion includes feelings like joy, love, compassion, and gratitude. I said that engagement is like flow. It's living in the present moment and being entirely focused on the task at hand. And positive relationships refer to feeling supported, loved, and valued by others. And M stands for meaning. And I said that meaning is closely related to purpose. And when we get a sense of meaning from something, the reason why is usually related to something about our purpose. We all need a sense of meaning. And we all search for a sense of meaning. And we do this because the need and search for a sense of meaning is just one of life's primary drives or motivations. The search for meaning. And when we're following our meaning and purpose, that's the stuff that gets us out of bed in the morning excited to start the day, not just because it's time to go to work. And last in the PERMA model, the A. And I said that the A stands for accomplishments or achievements, that the feeling of accomplishment is really about achieving our goals, having the passion and drive to set goals, and the stick-to-itiveness to achieve or accomplish what we set out to achieve. And I said that first and foremost, we wanna set goals that are informed by our values. we wanna set goals that are informed by our values because ultimately our values spring from our true self, our Yehida self. And when we're working on things that we value, that gives us a sense of meaning and purpose all of which contributes to our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual development, which is how we experience well-being. So, values. Very important to have goals that are informed by our values. And I said the second, we want to set goals that are SMART. And SMART stands for specific measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Super simple summary of why we want to set SMART goals is because we get a sense of accomplishment from actually accomplishing our goals. And so first we want to know exactly what it is that we want to accomplish, and then we want to know for sure that we've achieved what we set out to do. And the way to do that is by setting goals that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. And then I gave a final quick summary of unique potential, where I said that we all truly are special snowflakes, but we are all special snowflakes with a job to do, a job that is ours and ours alone. No other can be who we are, and no other can do what we do. No other can do what our unique potential is here to do. And our unique potential comes from our Yahida self, which is the part of us that is rooted in the creator. And our values spring from this part of us, our true self, our Yahida self. And when we're working on things that we value, that gives us a sense of meaning and purpose, all of which contributes to our mental emotional, physical, and spiritual development, which is how we experience well-being. And being who we really are, our true self, our Yahida self, and manifesting our unique potential and fulfilling our unique responsibility, doing the job that only we can do, it's not only meaningful, it's also a lot of fun. And that was our show today. Thank you for being here today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're curious, you can learn more about me and sign up for my newsletter at ktbenson.com. When you sign up, you'll receive a special report on a mindfulness practice called the Practicing Nature Meditation. Mindfulness practices are the most powerful tool that exists for learning to sit in quiet and for quieting any noise. And so y'all can use this practice to learn to appreciate it when the ego goes quiet and to t- and to tune into the calm strong voice of your yahida self. It's also just the perfect go-to for anyone interested in self-improvement because honestly it works for pretty much everything. Also, I accept and I'm so very grateful for my listener support. If you're able, you can support the show. There are links on my website in the products pages. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kate T. Benson. And there is a developing Kate T. Benson community on Facebook. Thank you so much for your time. I see you. I appreciate you. Until next time. Namaste.